0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms.
1: There are those times when God will tell us the battle is ours and He'll give us the strength in the battle and give us the victory in the battle. This is not one of those times. This is one of those times when God says, No, I've got this one. I've got this. This isn't your battle. You're not even going to have to fight in this battle. This is mine.
0: All throughout Scripture, we read how we're to rely upon God for victory in the various battles we face in our lives. On the other hand, sometimes the Lord will give us strength to overcome them ourselves. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will teach you that regardless of the situation... You have no reason to fear with the Lord on your side. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 83 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: He's going to do a miracle in the realm of the supernatural. And he's going to do it this way so that there's no way that you and I, as we're always so ready to do, can take the credit for that which only God can do. I think of Gideon. Do you know why it is that God reduced 32,000 men down to 300? I mean, 10,000 of them just go home after Gideon is told by the Lord to say, Hey, listen, you guys, if you're afraid, you can go. (laughs) I can almost imagine Gideon saying it like this. You guys aren't afraid, are you? That's what I thought. (laughs) No, uh, 10,000 said, You know what? I'm out of here, man. Listen, we're told that the Midianites were so numerous that they were like the sands of the seashore that had come against the Israelites. And they got 32,000 men. And now they're down to 22,000 men. And then God says, uh, you still have too many men? (laughs) And he separates them. Pardon me, 22,000 go home. Did I say 10? Yeah, been a rough week, just bear with me. So you got 32,000 men, 22,000 are afraid they go home. Now he's got 10,000 men, and he still has too many. And God says, I want you to take them to the springs to drink. And I want you to separate the ones that take the water up to their mouths over here, and the ones that stick their head in the water and drink, I want you to put them over there. And can you imagine Gideon watching this whole thing go down? Because he knows. Come on. He sees a pattern here, right? And oh, by the way, remember when God called Gideon? And you know the whole fleece thing? We use it as a sign of, you know, faith. I just need confirmation, God. So if this is really your will, then let there be dew on the ground, but not on the fleece. And then God does it. He says, okay, I just want to be really, 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 really sure. So this time I need for there to be dew on the fleece but nowhere on the ground around it. And then God does it. And when God calls Gideon, he refers to him as a mighty warrior. You know where Gideon is? He's hiding from the Midianites because the Midianites would steal all of their grain, their livelihood, basically. So he's hiding from them, threshing the grain, and the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Gideon, you mighty warrior, you. I'm going to use you to deliver God's people. And I could just imagine Gideon going, where? (laughs) No, (laughs) me? No, 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 no. You pulled the wrong file. You don't understand. I'm the black sheep of my family. My family is the black sheep of my tribe. And my tribe is the black sheep of all of the tribes of Israel. Uh, Where I come from, they call that three strikes, I'm out. And God says, that's exactly why I'm going to use you. Because see, Gideon, even if you wanted to, you could never take the credit for what I'm about to do. So now he's got 9,700 men that stuck their face in the water on one side. He's got 300 men who just cupped it up to their mouths on the other side. And I've always... Heard it taught that these were the 300, you know, Green Berets, Top Guns, you know, best of the best. They were the warriors. They're bringing the water to their mouth, you know, watching the battlefield around them. But that doesn't fit. I think, as one suggests, that those 300 men couldn't bend down and stick their face in the water because they were the lame, the blind, the crippled, the elderly, the disabled. That fits more. Because see, when God delivers the Midianites into the hands of the Israelites, if they were the best of the best, they still could have figured out a way to take credit for it. Well, of course we beat them. Of course we were victorious. We're the best of the best. you imagine them going back to the camp of Israel? 300 elderly men on walkers. <laughs> Even if, I mean, no disrespect, but... Even if they wanted to, there's no way they could ever take the credit. The Israelites are going to look at these 300 men, and Gideon no less. Isn't that Gideon? This man full of fear, and God used him? Yeah, God chooses the foolish to confound the wise, the weak to shame the strong. Why? So that he alone gets the glory as only he should. No flesh glories. In his presence. That's what God's about to do here. God has made the situation. He has orchestrated the circumstances to where it is absolutely impossible. You might say that he is setting the stage for a miracle. And that's what we're about to see. Let's pick it up. Verse 13. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. I like that, by the way having the whole family involved, seeking the Lord, petitioning the throne. And verse 14, the Spirit of the Lord, this is interesting, came upon this guy by the name of Jehaziel. And we're told he's the son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah. And notice, huh, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. That's who Psalm 83 is authored by, by the Holy Spirit. Now, why do I point that out? A couple of reasons. Number one, this is why I believe it is that Asaph is referring to in this Psalm what took place here in Second Chronicles 20. But also, God, this is a Levite. This is from the priestly tribe. And yet God chose this Levite, To deliver this prophecy, this prophetic word, and speak through, usually was reserved for the prophets, not the priests. So God just kind of uncharacteristically chooses this Levite who just so happens to be of the sons of Asaph, the author of our psalm, Psalm 83. And it's in the midst of the assembly which presupposes that the Israelites had assembled together to pray and petition the throne concerning this great horde that was against them. So verse 15, he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, And I love this, I love this, I love this. And maybe this is a word for someone tonight who has been given over to fear. Do not be afraid. If you ever want to do this uh, sometime in your own personal study of God's word, do a search on that phrase. Do not be afraid. It'll bless you and greatly encourage you. So... He speaks, thus says the Lord do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the size of this great horde? Have you seen how outnumbered we are? Do you see how the odds are against us and there's no way? Yeah, but the battle is not yours, but God's. Do not fear. Do not be given over to despair. Do not be dismayed. Do not be afraid. I know this is a great horde. But this is not your battle. The battle is not yours, but God's. Now here's what you're going to do. Tomorrow, verse 16, go down against them. Behold, they will come up from by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse seventeen: You will not need to fight in this battle. I like the sounds of that. I like this battle plan. Wait, I'm not going to have to fight in this battle. Good, because I'm I'm battle weary. I'm very discouraged. I'm not going to have to fight. No. Well, what do I need to do? Oh, you do need to do this. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. You know, I just, I think of when Moses, God has literally choreographed their steps in the Exodus out of Egypt to the Red Sea, which is... The end, as far as they're concerned. There's no way. (laughs) And not only are we, you know, here at the Red Sea, the Egyptians are right behind us, coming against us, and there's no way. This is impossible. And what does God say to Moses? Take your rod, and I want you to part the Red Sea. You're going to walk on dry land. And he does it. And what does he say to the Israelites? Stand and behold the salvation of the Lord. This is what he's saying. Stand firm, hold your position, and behold the salvation of the Lord. I'd like to say it this way, and it's a very loose paraphrase. It's like God saying, just stand there and watch me now. See what I am going to do. Just watch, just stand there, and I want you to stand firm. Don't run, don't run. Just stand there. Stand firm, hold your position, stand fast, and watch what I'm going to do. What are you going to do, Lord? Oh, he says again, verse 17, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Do you get the impression that the Israelites and King Jehoshaphat with them were terrified? And rightfully so. Every time you read in the scriptures, do not be afraid. It's because they're afraid. I know that's a firm grasp of the obvious. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Now here's the thing. Some have taken this and sort of taking this blanket approach every time we're in a trial. The battle belongs to the Lord. Well, and it does. But (laughs) there are those times when God will tell us the battle is ours and he'll give us the strength in the battle and give us the victory in the battle. This is not one of those times. This is one of those times when God says, no, I've got this one. I've got this. This isn't your battle. You're not even going to have to fight in this battle. This is mine. This is my battle. You know, when the Israelites were delivered out of the hands of the Egyptians and slavery in Egypt, they had many battles that ensued. In order to take possession of the promised land, they had to fight battles. But this particular time, God says, this isn't your battle this is my battle and <laughs> what we're about to see is very interesting and reminds me of Jericho that the battle plan is so preposterous by human standards, because not only are they to just to stand firm and behold the salvation of the Lord, but they're also going to praise him and worship him in advance of the victory. And that is exactly what we're about to see, it's picking it up in verse 18. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Listen, the armies, this great horde that is against them, they didn't go home for dinner. They're still there. They're still threatening to attack And what are they doing? They're worshiping the Lord. Then verse 19, the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel. (laughs) I love this part, you'll forgive me. With voices loud and high. You you know, here's Joshua. Here's the battle plan. You're going to march around Jericho. 7 days. On the 7th day you're going to, you know, shout and and you'll you'll be given the victory. Can you imagine <laughs> you're amongst the Israelites and you're told that's the battle plan? So we're about to be attacked by this great army that is coming against us, against all of these odds and what are we going to do? We're going to praise the Lord and we're going to lift up our voices loud and high. Yeah. In other words, you're going to praise God in advance for that which you know he will do. He hasn't done it yet, but he's going to do it. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tico. I pronounce it Tico. Some pronounce it Tikoa. The reason I pronounce it Tico is because That's the town I grew up in in Washington State, small farm town, and that's what they called it, Tico, Washington. So Tico, my hometown, it was a wilderness. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this is key, believe, believe in the lord your god and you shall be established believe his prophets and you shall prosper you know what the, what he's saying you need to have faith and believe by faith that god is going to do this it doesn't look like it but is that not what faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen I don't see how God's going to do this. Now, all I have at this point, all they have at this point is that God has declared to them that it is not their battle, it is his battle. Do they know how God's going to win the battle for them? Do they know what God's going to do to give the victory to them? They do not. Yet they're praising him in advance. They're shouting loudly in their praise and worship to the Lord believing by faith, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know the way you're going to do it. I don't know (laughs) the time that you're going to do it, how long it's going to take you to do it. But here's what I do know. You're going to do it. That's faith. And that's the faith that pleases God. Because without that faith, it's impossible. You want to talk about impossible? It's impossible to please God. So... When he had consulted with the people, verse twenty-one, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying. Now we get we get the lyrics here at the end of verse twenty-one. So the lyrics that to their song that they were singing were. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And they're not doing it softly. You know, kind of like what we do when we worship. Especially when we're tired. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. (laughs) No. They were doing it loudly. They were doing it with exuberance. They were praising him. Now, verse 22, this is where it gets interesting, and I want you to pay attention to this. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set, notice, when they started to sing, at the time that they were singing and praising the Lord, that's when the Lord set ambushes against the people of, listen to this, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, Edom, the tents of Edom, if you prefer, who had come against Judah and they were defeated. You want to know how? Oh, verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. I love it when God does that. Picture the scene, and again, this actually happened. This isn't based on a true story. This is a true story. I'm taking my daughter through the book of Esther. And it is so, I, I love watching her expressions when she, wow, only God could do that. That's the point. And it really happened. It happened that way. The very gallows that Haman built to hang Mordecai on were the very gallows that God had orchestrated that Haman himself would be hung on. I mean, it's... So this really happened. I'm saying all that to say, I guess I could have said it a lot simpler, but this really happened. Can you just put yourself there? You're the Israelites and you're watching this happen. You're watching God, as he said he would, fight this battle for you instead of you. And if I'm there and I'm watching God have them turn on each other and destroy each other and give me the victory, uh, my praise and worship's going up an octave, and it's going up a level. And Mike's going to have to adjust the level on the microphone because I'm singing really loud now. Oh, God. praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. God is doing exactly what he said he would do. Can I make a suggestion here? Just just a, as a plausible scenario that may have played into this, do you think that it's possible, like with Gideon, When they heard the Israelites singing that loudly, praising God, do you think that it's possible that God could have used that to throw them into this confusion and chaos to the degree in which they would start killing each other? I think it's possible. We've seen God do it before. So that was the battle plan, yeah. God, you're you're amazing. I know. I know I am. God, you can do anything. I know. I can do anything. God, this is amazing. I, I would have never... And isn't it interesting? You know how we, we project, we, we forecast how it is that God's going to do this. I think it was Oswald Chambers that once said, we expect God to come in through this door. And we're like, okay, God, this is how God's going to do it. And here's God going, what if I don't want to come in through that door? Listen, I am God. (laughs) Who knows the mind of the Lord? Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Listen, I don't want to come in through that door. What if I want to come in through a window? You're not even thinking about a window. Hey, better yet, what if I want to come in through the wall? I could do that too.
0: We are so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Psalms. While our time with you is ending, your study of God's Word doesn't have to. Everyone can learn from the Bible, and everyone will be blessed when they open their hearts to its truth. As you spend time in Scripture today, ask God to share His heart directly with yours, and be open to whatever He has to teach you. Know that we're praying for you as you study, and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. Find out more about us and get directions at inspiritandtruthradio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there. Or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast east Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to view the latest edition of the MidEast Prophecy Update, visit our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor JD's teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.